All right. Hey, TJ. How are you doing? Hi, Kelly. We're going to have a great podcast today. We are. We just spent 25 minutes trying to get our computers hooked up to a different uh, audio program, but it wasn't working this time. So if our audio quality is a little bit different than normal, we apologize. We are using a phone right now to record this podcast. Or you can just give me money and we can buy better stuff. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's the program that's being Someday made. we're going to monetize this 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 podcast. <laughs> yes, everything. <laughs> so how have you been, TJ? Um, you are sort of coming to the end of a rest week and we're kind of talking about rest this week and over how is it possible to overdo diet and exercise? So how are things going with that? Great. Um you know, I've, I've been posting a lot of my foods on Instagram. I've stuff seen like it. That. I don't post the ice cream I eat because that's my personal ice cream and you're not allowed to see it. <laughs> but, Are you embarrassed about your ice cream consumption? Um, a little bit, maybe, but it's more <laughs> of like, it's been so hot this week and it's like, I don't care. All my ice cream is just melting off my body, even if I eat, even if I eat it, so it don't matter. But yeah, ice cream doesn't have calories when it's really hot. Yes, exactly. That's that's the rule that I live by. Um, <laughs> but besides just eating ice cream um, a couple times this week, um, it's been really good. I haven't felt uh, overly tired or anything like that, like too many side effects. I think I'm just bloated just because of the carbs and water, but. And that's just normal. But other than that, everything's been doing pretty well. That's really good. Um, so why don't we just jump right in and um, we're going to talk about if it's whether it's possible to overdo diet and exercise today and 17 signs of overtraining. And then in a separate podcast, I think we're going to talk about how to fix it and how to avoid it in the first place. So I know our podcast is at least partially geared toward beginners who are just trying to find inspiration and motivation to work out at all, right? But today's podcast is more for the folks who are sort of at the other end, the more seasoned exercisers, dieters, and athletes. So the people who, it, it's funny because when you start to work out and you start to feel the benefits, it can be easy to, you know, start to do too much of a good thing. I oh, mean, yeah. do you find that? I totally agree. I mean, especially if you're, you know, you're losing weight, you're losing weight, you're looking better. And then you just like, oh my gosh, I want these results to come faster or, you know, um, expedite what your goals are, then you obviously can step into those bounds of overtraining, over dieting, stuff like that, which is not necessarily a good thing. Do you feel like that's kind of like, I know you, you sort of hit a plateau and I know you mentioned a couple of times to me that you were starting to feel pretty tired and maybe worn down. Yeah, that... I mean... I mean, it could be from working out, could be from work. I just felt like at, at work, I think it was like a, like two weeks ago, I just looked at one of my coworkers and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm exhausted. I do not want to be here. I do not. <laughs> I, but I was just tired. But as far as like the extra, like going to the gym, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I might've noticed somewhat of like a lack of motivation to like do your cardio and stuff. Like, it's kind of like all right, let me get through these 15 minutes and then I can just do whatever or I can go home. Um, but as far as like the weight training, nothing went down as far as 
um, performance wise, everything actually went up because I was pushing it a little harder. But um, yeah, as far as the diet was just ridiculous because I was working with a guy and he just he's like, oh, you got to eliminate everything. And I was like, well, I want one day to where I can eat pizza. <laughs> Or I want to have something I can't normally have. So Right, right. And you should be able to do that, you know, at least, at least I don't know, for me, it should at least be able to be once a week so that you don't, you know, it gives you something to look forward to a little it's bit. It's like a mental break. Yeah. It, right, yeah. right. I think a lot of people need that. There are some people who can just maintain very rigid rules, and but I, most people can't. Yeah, and I can do both. It's not that. I think it was just a matter of like... So I was reporting my weights. I was reporting when I was eating for like a month straight because he, uh, he was like, oh, yeah, we'll figure it out. And I was still at the same weight. So I was just like, okay, well, obviously it's not working. So, Right, right. So to answer the question of whether it's possible to overdo diet and exercise, I think we're probably both in agreement that, yeah, you can definitely overdo oh, yeah. Definitely, yeah. diet and exercise. Um, you can do either or or you can overdo both. Um, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, so a lot of times we are modeling our training programs off of elite athletes. And my experience was, as a triathlete, I was looking at training programs that elite triathletes were doing. What a lot of people who are into exercise and fitness forget is that elite athletes, that's their job to train. So they don't have a job outside of their training schedule. Everything in their life, even if they have a family, is formulated around their training and their eating schedule. So an elite athlete or a triathlete, in, in my example, might wake up early in the morning, eat, do a training session, eat again, take a nap, do another training session in the afternoon, eat again, take another nap, and then make sure that they're sitting on the couch most of the evening because they need that recovery time. Most people, like, you know, I was trying to work and take care of the house and the family and all of my normal chores and carry the the training program of an elite triathlete. And now thinking back on it, it's no wonder that I wound up in the depths of overtraining. So, I mean, <laughs> when you think about that, when when somebody's formulating a workout program, I think they need to keep in mind where that workout program is coming from. And, you know, you need to sort of compare your lifestyle to like, is the person that I'm modeling my program off of, do they live a similar lifestyle to me? So I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Well, especially if you're if you're modeling after an elite athlete, it's not going to make sense for you to do it. Right. Um, or it depends on, you know, you'll have like Mark Wahlberg and The Rock that do all this stuff and they act and do have full-time jobs. They've probably been doing that for 20 years. So their right. bodies are already used to it. And I think if even if you model it after them, I mean, it's I think it would be one extreme to the next just to kind of do that anyways well it, I, I often tell women who you know they try the training programs you know whether it be uh, what is it p90x, P90X or yep. the models that they use or the people that are really touting these programs sometimes you know that's it's their only job to to do that and to stay fit and to look like that so if there's any sponsors that want to sponsor me or kelly 
We will do that for a full-time job. I will make the sacrifice. I will eat chicken and rice every day. I won't. (laughs) All right, then just sponsor me. TJ Warren. But yeah, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, man, I really want to look like that person. And you, but you don't realize that they have personal trainers and they have personal chefs and they have all the time that they need to not only do the workouts and, and work out a lot, but they, they have the recovery time. Right. Yeah. I think the recovery time is the biggest thing. Definitely. Yeah. Cause I mean, eight hour job, working out for an hour, go home and do, you know, cleaning or whatever you got to do. And you literally maybe have like two hours maybe three every night to just kind of just not do anything so and workout is a workout is healthy but working out is a stress on the body so let's get into these 17 signs that you might be overdoing it and i'll just start with number one number one is decreased performance so in for me you know i've been running maybe a seven and a half to eight minute mile for the past uh you know for for three months or whatever Um, And then suddenly I was barely cracking an eight minute mile. Um, You can't push, for this one, for decreased performance, you will feel like you can't push as hard during your intervals. Um, You might feel like your last four weeks of lifting have been subpar. Um, You can't lift as heavy or it seems like you're just really struggling through your workouts. Everyone has bad training days, but if you are consistently seeing diminished performance, this is a sign that your body probably needs a break. So TJ, what what would you say is the next one? What's number two? So we have exercise apathy. So uh, most people who begin exercising consistently, you know, definitely start to love it because you feel better, you get better results, you learn to actually love your workouts. You know, when I first started, um, getting up at 4.30, I hated it just because it was just new to routine. But once you got into it, you actually really liked it. You liked going to the gym. It was something you looked forward to. Um, but if you suddenly go from just, you know, being a fitness queen or diva or whatever. Fitness king. We'll say queen in my sake. Uh, <laughs> to dreading your workouts, you know, not wanting to go to the gym. You know, it's definitely time to take a break just for the fact that if, if you walk into you know, your local gym or your house where you have your weights and you're just like, oh, I have an hour and I have to do this. And that's usually not a good sign for you to, or not a good sign uh, for your workout, but a good sign for you probably to take a break uh, soon. I still have residual effects from the triathlon training. I mean, as far as exercise apathy, like I used to spend 90 plus minutes on my stationary bike I literally can't spend 10 minutes at a time on the stationary bike anymore. I just, I hate it so much. Which kind of, is it kind of the one, the stand, or the, it's not a recumbent. It's not a recumbent, no. And it's not that it causes me any pain. I just mentally. It hurts my ass when I sit on the Well, I know. It's not comfortable, but mentally I cannot handle stationary cycling or being on a treadmill. I, I can't handle it anymore. It's like I burned myself out on it. Oh, yeah. And it just just like they say with um, any exercise, you know, you do the one you love and then, you know, you hate that one and you move on or you at least want to have some variety. Right. To where you're not like burn out so quick. Right. 
All right, number three is mood changes, um, which could include depression. So you've been more irritable lately, you're yelling at your kids, you're rolling your eyes at your husband, that kind of thing. Um, or perhaps you've been sad and quick to tear up. Um, when you are exercising too much and or dieting hard, your energy reserves get depleted, which will cause suffering for you and sometimes those around you. So if you notice mood changes in yourself or someone else begins asking why you haven't been yourself lately, that you, you should take heed of that warning. But I'm always grumpy though, so <laughs> well, I always have If like, it's normal, but... I always have this face of like, get away from me. Right. So, so maybe if I'm acting funny, then that must be something. A lot of times a spouse will notice like a change in your moods. Um, I know that my the, my close uh, family and friends noticed for me when I was overtraining that oh, I was yeah. just more moody um, and depressed. Okay. So number four, delayed recovery from workouts. So um, exercise is a stress on your body, but it's also considered a good stress in the right amount. So um if you're doing a lot, you know, it's not, not necessarily a good thing, but if you're doing, you know, walking, biking, all that stuff, that's always good. So exercise does break down uh, tissue, and then with, with proper recovery, it actually builds that back up stronger. So if you're lifting a weight and you're, it's uh, 30 pounds and you're doing your bicep curls or whatever, you know, next week or two weeks from now, you can do 35 pounds. So that's basically um, what you're doing. You're building those muscles back up to uh, withstand the resistance from the prior weeks. Okay, and then exercise should make you feel good. It should give you energy, and your body should be able to bend, bounce back relatively quickly. I noticed within probably the past two weeks, so I stopped doing the running in the morning right. uh, two weeks ago, and then I stopped doing heavier weights last week. Because um, I did notice like in my hips I felt a little soreness, and in definitely in my legs from heavy training i know that the pat the two weeks up to the recovery week this week it was definitely taking a lot longer to recover from the previous workouts because i hit each body part twice a week right yeah so i, I definitely noticed uh, a vast change in my recovery time was a little bit longer right all righty and what else did you say here if you notice that your workouts put you down for an entire day or you're sore, fatigued, much longer than normal. It's another warning sign that you're maybe overdoing it. Yeah, I I had the same thing. And again, I go back, you know, the only time I really overtrained my body was um, when I was training for a triathlon and, and I wasn't eating enough. And for some reason, I had this idea because my training was suffering that I actually just needed to push myself harder and do more, which was absolutely not what I should have done. That's the opposite. It, right. I needed to do the opposite, but I decided to add a boxing classes. And so, you know, I went to, it was, I think it was title boxing or something yeah, yeah. up in Medina. Mm -hmm. I decided to start going there and I loved the workout, but this workout was about an hour long and I literally would go to one and it would put me down for three days because the workouts are intense and they're a lot of fun. But literally, I couldn't get out of bed for if, like three days after one of those workouts. Really? And it's because my body was literally trying to slow me down. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my experience. But, yeah, for sure, if you are experiencing this delayed recovery from workouts, that's a big sign. 
All right, on to number five, elevated or depressed resting heart rate. So exercise tends to have the healthful benefit of lowering your resting heart rate. That means your heart doesn't have to work as hard to pump blood through your body. But when you put too much stress on your body by exercising too much, your heart rate will often show signs of this stress. Some people experience this as an extremely low resting heart rate, um, while others have it, most people experience this uh, as an elevated resting heart rate. So when you're overdoing exercise, most people will start to have an elevated resting heart rate. So the, your heart rate is going the opposite direction of, of what it should, right. even though you're doing all this exercise. So again, my experience was that my, my heart rate and my blood pressure actually were too low. My resting heart rate was in the low 40s, and I was constantly getting dizzy because of low, low blood pressure. Um, for those who measure, measure HRV, which is um, heart rate variability, and that's an advanced concept for a whole other podcast, variability will, will go down, which is a bad thing. Okay. So what is the, the variability? Is that just where your heart rate... So heart rate variability is um, the ability of your heart to um, speed up when it needs to and then quickly slow back down. So when you go okay. from, for example, sitting to standing, your heart rate should go up, but then it should quickly settle back down as soon as you sit back down. So that's not even a factor if it's elevated for extended period of time. If okay. your heart rate isn't variable, so it's constantly a little high or you know it doesn't have that, like it doesn't doesn't pick up quickly and doesn't slow down quickly the way it should, like when you get ret to rest, right, right. Um, that's not a good thing. Okay. So uh, another number six, you feel dizzy or faint. Uh, that's definitely not normal in your workout routine. In athletes, uh, this usually is a blood pressure issue. Uh, it's most, most likely to happen when you stand up quickly from a seated position or... Um, it can also happen when you are doing your intense workout intervals. So, have you ever? I mean, TJ, have you ever been like lifting a heavy weight and you get to the top of the motion, like a, a squat or a deadlift, or maybe you get done with a really heavy set of deadlifts and you feel dizzy? I haven't felt dizzy, but I see those stars sometimes. Yeah. Not like you know, like those black splotches. Yeah. And that was just recently. So, who knows? Right. I mean, I'm weak. No, if it's not normal, though, for you, again, yeah. that can be a sign of overtraining, and I experienced that um, when I was lifting and doing the triathlon training where sometimes during my intense intervals, I would almost, like, I would feel like I was going to black out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I've been, yeah. Yeah, I didn't have that. It was just more, like, spotty, spottiness. Right. But it wasn't to the fact that I was, like, going to black out, so that's that's good, I guess. Yeah, but definitely if you're you know you're getting dizzy, you feel faint, um, even within your, just your normal workouts, definitely not a good thing. Especially if, especially if, if you're if you're feeling dizzy and faint underneath a barbell or a squat rack or something, that's probably a good thing to not do that. Right. Unless you want to like cut your throat in half or you know crush your spine. Unless that's something you really want to do. Um, I'm not one of those people. But. <laughs> All right, what next? Looks like we got fatigue. Uh, yes, fatigue. So, and when I say fatigue, I mean like intense fatigue. Struggling to get out of bed in the morning or feeling incredible fatigue at 2 or 3 p.m. or sometimes all day long. We all get tired, but if it seems abnormal, it probably is. Well, I was getting with 4.30. I was always tired. Well, yeah, that's pretty early, but... <laughs> 
That's yeah. You're probably gonna be somewhat tired, but I, I when I say fatigue, I mean intense fatigue. Okay. Like, you know it if you feel it. Okay. Well, I did notice that. Uh, so when I stopped working, getting up early to work out in the morning, I slept in till like six. I felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> felt amazing. It's like an extra hour and a half that I never had before. Oh, it was awesome. So insomnia. So you're training like a madman. Shouldn't it wear you out and cause you uh, to sleep like a baby, you'd think? You would think. Uh, as an athlete, sleep is what you need, uh, definitely to recover. But when you overdo exercise and or just diet too much, it can actually cause a negative shift in the hormones that help you fall asleep and wake up. Um, so you got your cortisol, your thyroid, insulin, melatonin are all intertwined in a delicate dance. Um, we especially know with melatonin, if you're looking at your phone late at night, that definitely affects that. Yes. Um, but if any one of them gets thrown off, usually it's going to spell trouble for your circadian rhythms, which is basically, you know, when you go to sleep and when you wake up. Right. Um, so that's definitely going to me mess it up a lot. Yeah. I, a lot of a lot of athletes, um, they, you know, you'd think that they would sleep great, but if you get into that overtraining and you're doing too much, it'll it uh, you'll start to have trouble sleeping, falling asleep, staying asleep, um, and you may have trouble waking up in the morning. So can really throw that stuff off. Um, all right, number nine, diminished or uncontrollable appetite. So I I personally experienced the latter when I was overtraining. Like my appetite was just insane. I was craving everything, and I could just eat. I was trying to control myself, but like literally sometimes I would just totally lose it. I was going to bring you donuts this morning. <laughs> oh, you jerk. I'm I glad forgot. you did it. I forgot. <laughs> I seriously could not control myself around food, but other people lose their appetite. Suffice to say that if you experience noticeable changes in appetite or cravings, you may need to evaluate your training or your diet strategy. All right, TJ, so what's number 10? All right, extremely sore muscles or heavy limbs. Um... I thought I was completely nuts when this happened to me, as in Kelly. Right. Because it doesn't happen to me. My arms are so, so strong. So maybe, maybe I should do this one because yeah, you do that one. I sort of have my little bit of story in our notes here. So, um, I, TJ, have you ever had like the heavy limb syndrome? Maybe you didn't get that I, far into I've only had heavy limb syndrome when I my entire limb goes numb and falls when I'm sleeping okay, and smacks yeah. no, me in the face. No, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. And heavy <laughs> limb syndrome is is not a medical term. I just this is how I describe it, um, and this is how other athletes who have been in overtraining describe it. Um, I really did think I was completely crazy because I didn't. I couldn't go to a doctor and say my limbs feel heavy. They were gonna look at me like I was nuts. And I just couldn't quite describe the feeling, but it was mostly my legs. My legs felt heavy. It was like they didn't want to move. And during a 90-minute bike ride, it would literally take me 45 minutes just to get my legs warmed up and feeling good. Hmm. Um, I wished I had known at the time that this was a sign I was overdoing it. Um, my body was literally trying to prevent me from exercise. Um, and then I think the next one, number 11, um, have you ever had any injuries? Um, I know that I have, let's see, we got plantar fasciitis. I know I've yep. talked to you about that. I've had that, um, not, not so much recently. I noticed a little bit in my foot, but since I've been taking this week off, it really hasn't come back. Um, 
Not anything else that you've noticed, because I know you had a lot here. So if you want to go into that, it'd be great. Well, yeah, I, and I see this. I, I had it myself, but um, I see this in other athletes um, who will sometimes contact me and say, you know, I've got all these little things that keep cropping up. Plantar fasciitis is a big one. Shin splints, hairline fractures, joint pain, pinched nerves, tendonitis. If you're getting a lot of these nagging injuries that won't seem to go away or keep cropping up on you, it is a sign that you are doing too much. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. And, you know, long distance runners tend to run into these things. Um, long distance cyclists, anything, especially anything that's like a real repetitive motion. Yeah. Man, so, even just working out. Yeah. It's still, still going to be that repetitive, just like uh, yeah. tendonitis in your elbows from swinging a hammer and stuff yep. like that. Yep. I did notice into my elbows, but nothing like so bad to where I need to stop. So. Right. That's always good. But those types of things, if you don't stop and you don't let your body recover, will tend to get much worse. Oh, yeah. I, I like plantar fasciitis can uh, be debilitating. Oh, yeah. I think I was telling you I had it like really bad in my yeah. one leg. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was not fun. All right. What's All number right. 12? Fat gain. My favorite. <laughs> Believe it or not, actually overdoing exercise can make your body into a fat storage machine. So that's what happened. Just get fatter. <laughs> Thanks. When your body perceives stress for a long period of time, it believes you are in a famine state. So that's kind of when your body is just stressed out to the point. You think you're starving. You're going to store all that good food that you're eating, even though it's healthy food, as right. fat. So in this state, the body is just programmed to store everything, every calorie as possible, and reduce energy output which is why you feel so tired and apathetic towards your workouts. Um, let's see, fat gain. So yeah, basically, I was stuck at 228, 225 for a long time, so who knows? It's probably just at that peak point where it's like, okay, you're doing so much, but you're eating so little, so we're just going to stick right at this weight. The, the human body is really an amazing machine, and it will adapt very quickly to low-calorie and uh, low-calorie dieting and, exer and, and an exercise routine. So, um, you know, you, you do have to be kind of careful. And if you're overdoing it, either in the diet or the exercise category, um, you can, your, your body can sort of enter that, um, that stage of, you know, something, I've got a lot of stress going on and your body doesn't know the difference between a famine and just all this other stress you have going on in your life. So your body's going to treat it like a famine, right. which means it's going to attempt to store as much as possible because of this stress state that you're constantly in. So. Right. And if you think about it, if you're if you're in that state, there's really and you're trying to still lose weight and you're not taking the recovery, you're not resting. There's only one of two ways you can either eat less or exercise more. Right. And that's going to make it worse. Right. So it's not necessarily a good thing. Right. All right. All right. Frequent Number illness. Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. What do no you got? Number 13, frequent illness. So if you seem to catch every cold and flu that's going around, um, that's a pretty good sign that you are that your exercise routine um, or and or your diet is suppressing your immune system. And so for me, I got shingles. I was 33 years old, and I got a quote-unquote old people's illness. Well... 
Oh, you said you're 33. Oh, well, right, I'm not 33 now, okay? So, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> oh, my God. No, I was 33 when I got shingles. And again, this was right during the time where I was training for triathlons. Um, and the doc who diagnosed me, he asked if I'd been under a lot of stress or was training for something. And I, of course, you know, very sheepishly said, well, yeah, I'm training for triathlons. And he told me that I had likely depressed my immune system, which had allowed the dormant chickenpox virus to resurface as, as shingles. This was a light bulb moment for me because I was exercising, I realized I was exercising so much and eating so little that I was hurting myself and I was literally making myself sick. So if you feel like you're getting sick a lot more often than you should be, then that is another sign that you may be um, overtraining or and or under eating. So number 14, TJ. You're covering this uh, Yeah, one. I yeah. should probably cover yeah. this one. So that would be hormone disruption um, and infertility. So this can affect both the sexes, men and women. I, I did experience this again my, myself. I was really far, you know, I writing out this list of all of these things, I realized how far down this overtraining rabbit hole I was, but I can check this one off my list too. My menstrual cycle ceased to exist for three years. Um, and any doc or sports trainer, I had several doctors tell me that this was normal because I was training. It is not normal. Hormone disruption due to exercise or diet is never a normal thing. It is a blinking neon sign that you are doing too much. And what my doctors should have told me was to stop training so much and eat more because it is not normal for a woman to become infertile due to exercise or diet. So in women, estrogen and progesterone um, and thyroid often become imbalanced with overtraining. Um, and for men, testosterone may dip. So I'm going to let you take number 15. Okay. <laughs> so number 15, complete disinterest in sex. <laughs> didn't have this problem. No, you didn't experience this no, one? No, not at all. <laughs> so that sucks for everybody, for both you and your partner, because the aforementioned hormone disruption, you can lose your mojo. Yep. I My think... mojo is fine. <laughs> Not shooting blanks. No blanks. Enough said on that yes. one. <laughs> All right. Number 16 would be bone loss. And that does not have anything to do with number 15. No. This is, this is you know, <laughs> the bones in your body kind of. <laughs> well, I, made I didn't, even, I didn't even go there. I didn't even go there. <laughs> okay. I have. Yeah. My mind went you're, there. You're so bone loss. So this one for me is a check in the box. Once again, at 33, I had a DEXA scan and it showed that I was bordering on osteopenia. So my, my bone density was dropping. Considering that I was lifting weights and taking a calcium supplement, this was pretty shocking news to me. Um, so overdoing exercise um, or, or dieting too extremely can cause an increased rate of bone loss, which puts, which puts you at risk for fractures and breaks. So, oh, number 17. I mean, you going to take this one? Sure. All right. Fearful Last of one. not exercising. So when I talk, told everybody I was taking a week off of working out, they're like, you're crazy. You're not going to be able to do it. Really? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, all right, so guys. <laughs> I'm going to let you know if I'm a little crabby next week, I can't work out, 
and I have to eat carbs. And they're like, you're not going to make it three days. I'm like, you're, you're going to freak out. You're going to freak out. You're probably right. They made, made uh, tenants for me, and I'll show you those later. But uh, So fearful of not exercising or exercise compulsion. So exercise can become a compulsion where you fear not doing it. Uh, you may even be fearful that you'll gain weight or fearful that you'll lose your gains. You're right. My gains are there. My, I measure my biceps. Oh, God. I have a uh, measuring tape. It says huge. Works all the time. So you may be fearful that you gain weight or lose your gains. Either way, you'll find yourself unwilling to take one or two days per week off. Uh, feeling guilty that when you do take a day off, skipping social events to exercise, or pushing through pain, sickness, fatigue, um, I think you need to get help. If uh, I did, I asked Kelly, what should I do? <laughs> Kelly, take a week off and, and, and drink this seaweed stuff that tastes like fish. <laughs> it is disgusting. It's not that bad. It's You're gross. You're supposed to mix it into stuff. I did water. It tastes gross. Is, are you talking about the dulse? Yeah. Okay. So I, I made him take dulse flakes because they're high in iodine, which can help with thyroid function. So, and a lot of people um, who are overtraining or under eating, sometimes they have thyroid uh, dysfunction in any way. Iodine can help. But at any rate, um, I think that this is a really important point because again, once you get into exercising and if you have been, if you're in that space where you, um, you feel like you're, you can't stop working out because you are fearful of possibly gaining weight or, you know, there's that there's that weird thing where you're like, oh no, I have to work out. Um, that can be become problematic. And in that case, you know, you probably want to definitely seek help for that. So since we have been on here, I think for like 33 minutes, we are going to, um, we're going to talk about how to fix it and really how to avoid overtraining in the next episode. As far as like just a quick though, how if if I'm down this rabbit hole of overtraining and all of these symptoms that we just listed, um, these 17 things, if if you are starting to experience these and you realize, oh my gosh, I think I'm overdoing it, the best thing you can do, and we're gonna dive more into this, is rest and recovery. So you probably need to take a week, two weeks, up to four weeks off. Um, from your training schedule and you may need to eat more during that time and so that's what TJ's been doing for the last week and so I mean how are you feeling now? Um, I so I've been stretching about 15 to 20 minutes every night uh, doing some foam rolling um, I'm you know spending time with you know uh, Johanna and Levi and stuff so that's always a good thing and then, you know, just getting some stuff done around the house, but not really overexerting myself, kind of taking it easy for this week, eating a lot more food than I actually ever have. But I feel great. You know, I don't feel, I feel, like I said earlier, bloated, but that's just because of the carbs and water. Because um, you were, you were pretty much doing keto, right? Keto, yeah. Right. The whole time I was doing keto. Um, but I noticed, I noticed if my vein, if I could still see some vascularity in my hands, and in my arms a little bit in the morning, then I was not gaining body fat or I was gaining maybe like a pound, but just whatever. I'm not worried about that. But yeah, as far as everything else goes, it's been going great so far. That's I've been good. enjoying the time off. 
That's good. And I think everybody needs to, you know, make sure that they're take every now and then you plan for taking a week off. I mean, it is okay. You're not going to lose your gains. You're not going to gain a bunch of weight unless, of course, you totally like, you know, fall off the. Yeah, the I was eating like ten boxes of Oreos, right? And stuff. But it takes right. a lot just to gain a pound, anyways. Right. So, so we're gonna cover that in the next episode of the podcast on things that you can do to fix overtraining um, and avoid overtraining altogether. So do you have anything else to add, TJ? No, I think we're all set. And hopefully the quality will be better and we'll get all that fixed next episode. We're going to work on it. See ya. Bye. Hey everyone, this is TJ and Kelly with the Initiative Project Podcast. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, and subscribe. And if you have any questions you'd like us to cover, please email us at initiative p podcast at gmail.com see you next time